With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, friends, to our electionary sermon for this Saturday, the Sabbath, as we have in our Saturday Collect for the day, the day that we cease from works, one of the Ten Commandments, that we are to put 24 hours for Yahweh higher than the other days of the week. So welcome on. This is our regular election reading. Our main text today is Romans chapter 6, 15 through 23. I want to welcome those who are coming into the chat room. We hope to have good fellowship for you and answers to questions as they come in. One announcement is we have begun today a little bit later with the issues. We had a shortage on deacons, actually. So in the future, we hope to have more deacons to, to serve and to ensure that our divine services are completed in time and we have then proceeded on to the intermission stage. The, then finally we come to this stage which is our lectionary sermon. So welcome those who are joining us at this moment. So let us begin Romans again chapter 6. Verse 15, if you'll turn with me to the text, if you don't have a Bible handy, I hope you can turn to a program, there are many good ones online, that have the King James, yes I'll be reading from the King James Authorized Translation. before we begin, we start always in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Glory be to Yahweh in all things. He gets all the great credit. So, Verse 15, what shall we say then? Shall we sin that grace may... Oh, I'm going from verse 1, verse 15. What shall we say then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. This right now is one of the biggest issues going on in churches. People think that because... We are saved 
100% by the blood of Jesus the Christ, that now we can go out and sin. Now this isn't talking about the big sins like the Ten Commandments. That's like rob, you know, rape, commit adultery, steal, murder. These things are big sins, okay? It's not talking about those ones, okay? That's, those are, are sins unto death. You commit adultery, it is a crime against the whole community. Okay? These things God did, and Jesus the Christ really did come out and say they have to repent. Okay, a lot of people like to bring up, for example, the scribes and Pharisees like to say that he was meeting with the publicans and tax collectors. Okay? But if you check the context, that was his apostle Matthew that he called to be an apostle who happened to be a tax collector at the time that he was called. Okay? And Matthew invites him to his house for a feast. Okay, so let's turn to that context real quickly. And here they... I have also Matthew's life story, how he did repent. <laughs> we know that... <laughs> we know that Matthew didn't stay a sinner. Okay? So, <clears throat> that's from Mark 2.17 as well as Luke 5-32. through 32. Uh, Luke 5, verse 32. Both of these places show that Christ said, in response to the home, the, the, the feast at the home of Matthew, he responded to these scribes and Pharisees and said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Okay? Repentance is the key word here. That means to change and totally turn around. Okay? So, we have, we have that context. When he came to Mary Magdalene, who was caught in the act of adultery, he said to everyone there that they had to be without sin too. That is also in the Mosaic Law. They had to have the animal sacrifice in the morning. They had to be cleansed. They had to be ceremonially ready to go to court. You couldn't go there with sin. Also, the man and the woman had to be stoned together, or you were in sin. So, they who were without sin, he said, cast the first stone according to the law of Moses. He didn't say, don't do nothing. And if you remember, then Yeshua continued in the court proceeding, and he said, woman, where are your accusers? Because they all took off. They, all, they were just trying to entrap Yeshua, because this was a friend of his family. Okay? And true Israelite. There was a lot of false Israelites, as he said. They were not descendants of Abraham. Half the scribes and Pharisees were all not even related to Abraham. He told them, you're just a generation of servants and vipers. If you check in the Dead Sea Scrolls and the history surrounding, you will find that there was a great slaughter that just happened right before Christ. John the Baptist's father was killed. He was slain as he was ministering at the altar. The The Sadducees were, were slaughtered, and they were replaced by Edomites and Canaanite enemies of Israel. And so there were a few powerful ones like Joseph of Arimathea who were of the true Judean line, and were in line of succession to become eventually the king of Israel. 
but of course they quickly had to move to Europe, and that's where our first century apostles came from, and the first the upper Rome 70 elders, a great number of them moved to Britain, that's in the history as well, like Aristobulus. It's a fact of history that they had to get out of it. But, of course, at the beginning, they did proclaim him at Jerusalem and made a great witness of Yahshua, Jesus the Christ, being the Messiah. So, it's important to see the background about sin. Okay, we have to repent. All right. A lot of people think that Jesus just endorsed Mary Magdalene's sin. No, he did not. He said, where are your accusers? Because you have to have two or more witnesses on a death penalty, on a, a such a crime. So, in this case, there were no accusers, so he said, go and sin no more. I mean, he did believe that probably she did have it as an issue, but... There weren't accusers, and the scripture does say you must have two or more witnesses in any capital offense. So, now, what, what did Mary Magdalene do? We know that she became a great saint. She had, some, the scriptures tell us, like nine devils were cast out of her. She became a, a strong believer. She became one of the first century founders of the faith. We have a long uh, vita on her that we have in the books that show what she did and when she moved to France and even went to Britain and Glastonbury and with Joseph of Arimathea for a period of time. So we have these important histories. Yes, Glastonbury is important. The Twelve Highs that were the first church on the, in the world that was allowed to operate without persecution. And from then forward, the, all the exemptions that Glastonbury had compared on regular citizens, they continued to have until very recently when the Glastonbury was destroyed. And we know where it moved after that. So, we have a lot of good news with the understanding of the British church. One of the main things that we know is that he did keep his promise to convert Israel. That's what it says, that the church is Israel throughout the whole New Testament. And it's important to see that God did keep his promise. He wasn't a failure. People who say, oh, but we're still waiting for Israel. So he's saying that for 2,000 years, God has been a failure. When God says that his bride is Israel, it's, that means the Christian nations are Israel. Okay, and that is tied to an ethnic people descendant of Abraham that have been the twelve tribes. And throughout the New Testament, it says they've written directly to them. So there was no brokenness and saying, "Okay, there's only the Ten Commandments." No, if you check in context, it says throughout the New Testament that not one jot or one tittle will pass from the law, even after heaven and earth passes away, and even after all the prophets have been fulfilled. And even after all the law has been fulfilled, when 70% of that law is national laws that have still not been fulfilled, we can go and do a number of those national laws that have not been fulfilled and we are waiting for them to be fulfilled. So, even after that, it says not one jot or one tittle will pass 
from the law. Even after all the prophecies that have to do with the coming new heavens and new earth. It even says there in Matthew 5, new heavens and new earth. Okay, after the new heavens and new earth, still none of the periods and commas are going to fall out of the law. Alright, 1 John 3, 4 tells us what sin is. It says sin is transgression of the law. So, when we daily ask for our daily bread, this day our daily bread, it says, for this day's daily bread, when we ask for it, we're also to ask for forgiveness of our trespasses. And also to forgive others at the same moment and say, forgive us as we forgive others. Yes, that's very important. And how does he forgive us? He forgives us when we confess. And he says, if your brother comes to you 70 times, 7 times and apologizes, you're to forgive him still. Okay? But if they're not apologizing, and they make no effort, and when it's a big offense, there needs to be a big effort for correction then there is no repentance. And if Yahweh wouldn't forgive it, it says we're not to forgive either. If there's a major sin that's going on, it says we forgive others the way he forgives us. Well, aren't you going to answer for some sins when you go to heaven? If you haven't turned from them and you haven't confessed them, that is the fact. Yes, if you are in humility and penitent, a penitent and humble heart, and you don't know all the sins that you've committed, and you can't spend all day to say them all. It says if you confess your sin, it will be faithful and just, and to wash and cleanse you of all sin and unrighteousness. So, yes, we may not get it perfectly on confessing every single one, but still we have that humble heart. And the ones that we do know, hopefully, when we steer off the path, well, we better catch ourselves very quickly and say, now I'm not talking about big sins, I'm talking about small sins like worry, fear, doubt, those sins. We catch ourselves quickly, ask God forgiveness, and we go on. We are made to worship Him. And we grow in faith by hearing His spoken word, Romans 10 17. That's how we grow in faith. And it says, faith is a victory that overcomes the world. So we need to gather on Sabbath. We need to hear His word being spoken and taught. That's why we have the daily lection as well as the weekly. And the most important one will be the weekly because He's made a special covenant promise on the seventh day of the week. It says, this is my appointment, saith Yahweh. I have come to you in a special way. And it is forever called the Sabbath of Yahweh. That he does a special work. So let's not miss these days. And that's a big sin if we don't. If, we, if we're going to miss out on his holy day that he is forever set. And from the Ten Commandments, those are the big ones, like kill, murder, and so forth. Okay, so first comes Sabbath, then comes celebration days, like Sunday, which is a continuation of celebrating His resurrection. And so we, of course, in Christ, will be a part of all the celebrations, but we're going to know that you can still work on Sunday, but you cannot work on Saturday. And that's still in our Celtic ancient liturgies that are continued in the Anglican Church, continued in various Orthodox churches, and most Orthodox in the East as well, I agree that Sabbath, Saturday, still must be followed, but to, in a pious way, approach this subject to carefully reach people. Now, I know that it can make some communities lose those who are not truly committed. We don't need people who are not committed 
So let's just remember that. It says that in the end times, there will be no more gray area. They will not be on the fence. There's going to be good and evil. Okay, and they're going to have to choose which camp. They're going to have to choose. And everything that God has given us is our good news. It's our great benefit. And, and it's something to rejoice in. You know, just the commandment, love him with all our heart, our soul, mind, and strength. And we confess, this is the first commandment. We're to confess that daily as well, it says. And when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He quoted the prayer that we pray every day in our liturgy in the Celtic Church. It's forever been in our liturgy. It goes back to 400 B.C. It goes back to Ireland. It goes back to when Jeremiah brought David's throne to Ireland and brought Baruch the scribe and brought the, the princesses of Judah to Ireland in 400 B.C. and established the priesthood in Ireland and later has been known as the Kobe people, the Kobe church and priesthood that Joseph of Arimathea, when he came, it was already thriving. And it says that there's continued to be this connection. And there's been in numerous governments, Egypt, one of them, many others, Persia, not only Jerusalem and Rome, that said that it was a thriving church, even way before and way after, and up to leading up to when Augustine arrived from Rome. Augustine said they already have flourishing churches throughout the land, there are fully converted people. And his work was really to just kind of try and change the ancient historic church that was strongly already established in Britain. So we have these wonderful truths and things to encourage and to, to give us that faith and hope that he's going to restore his end-time church much more greater than it was in the beginning time. And so let's just rejoice and be thankful and be a part of it to know he's given these strong foundations to you in this time that we live. This is, this is such an honor and such responsibility to know and to have this knowledge of who we are and what he's done before and what he's called us to be and what he's called us to do in the future. And it says he knew us before he, we were in our mother's womb. He called you and it says the angels are jealous of the time that we live in because we're going to see great revival and great victory happen. And it says only after that we are a witness of the kingdom to all the nations and they see that kingdom governance running in a government, then it says the end will come. Right now, we're still waiting. We're still being a part of it, that rebuilding effort. We're still working. As it says, he will come back for church that's without spot or wrinkle. So we have a lot of work to do to get our acts together. And we have a lot of victory coming up. Now we just have to go forward. It says, what is the duty of man? Fear God and keep his commandments. That's what we are to do. And it says, when you've kept all the commandments perfectly, just say you're an unprofitable servant. You've only done that which was your duty to do. Those are the words of Christ. So we go on and we hear his words spoken and I'm here to exhort you to continue in that truth and continue in that word, that victory, and that success that we have in Him. So we continue on. Romans 6, verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 
Let God be thanked that you were servants of sin, that you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. Yes. So it's saying, you used to be servants of sin, but now you need to be free from sin. Sin is bondage. Don't let anyone tell you. Sin is death. Sin is destruction and bondage. And it holds you back from what God has designed you to be operating in at the perfection and at the highest level of pleasure evermore. And, you know, there's so many verses that talk about walking on his path of life. Yes, it's true. Few may find that path of life. But when you're on it, you're in that higher pleasures. You're in that amount of, of the great fulfillment that people can have in life, but you're not going to get that from sin. Sin makes us fall away, and it's destruction. Okay? So we find that. And we find that they who will just, in their heart, say, do I choose good or do I choose bad? Which one is it? You know? And we choose between the flesh, or we choose between the spirit. And we make that promise every day in our daily prayer life. Whether you say the Lord's Prayer, which we are to pray three times a day. You can join us in the liturgy for the daily through the website. You can go down to the bottom right-hand corner and find the daily scripture readings. Find the daily psalms and sing with us the Psalter. Yes, we are promoting this monastic form of the Chaldees to revive again for people to make prayer closets in their homes, for people to praise Yahweh and to have a special time in the morning. Okay, I think every church in the world agrees that we should pray more. We should get up early and pray. But to have a set form, have a set liturgy, the psalms to sing, the scriptures to read, that's the worship that he has really ordained. And it says Yahweh is called. And he says the hour has come. And then the time now is that the true worshippers shall worship him in spirit and in truth. We have perfect liturgy who confesses and proclaims his victory. And when we are going to say the correct and perfect prayers, and on top of that, say your own prayers afterwards. But you start out with a perfection, like Christ quoted that Shema prayer when he was asked, what is that greatest commandment? He said here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord God is one. Okay? That is an ancient prayer. And then he continued with the rest. And you shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Okay? So we confess that every day. Okay? And we see the victory, what happens. Alright? He said that's the greatest commandment. So let's follow what Jesus said. I believe what he said. That comes first. So let's trust him and just do it. And he's given us all this victory. Let's, let's stand on those foundations that he's given us. Let's repair, okay, in the last 50 years, communion hasn't been that that popular. People think confession isn't that popular. You don't need to confess sins and so forth. It's been more of this kind of popular gospel which normally caters to evil and sin. We don't want that anymore. We cannot have that. We need to repair what's been broken. 
and restore it all back onto His truth and goodness. And the Holy Spirit will help us. Yeah, you might realize that you're not strong enough, but at least if you make a few steps to keep the Sabbath, that's the first, that's in the Ten Commandments. But that's how you come to meet with God. He says, you come and you meet with me. I'm not saying you have to do everything out of legalism and, you know, kind of make void the law by your traditions. Jesus said that that's one of the problems that the Pharisees were doing. They had these sort of traditions they followed. And by their traditions of men, it says they reject the law of Moses. That's in Mark 7. He said, by your traditions of men, you reject the law of Moses. Okay, people think they were only following the law of Moses. No, he said you were, by your traditions, rejected. So, I mean, there's a big difference. But people realize they were promoting traditions, not the word of God. And he spoke against their extra-biblical books, like the Talmud and so forth. That's what we are to do, too. Our foundation is the Word of God. Old and New Testament. Okay. Verse 19. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so, now yield your members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. Yes, we are to yield ourselves now unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things, whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Yes, if you're a believer, if you're coming to worship the God of Israel, you will be ashamed of all sin. You're not going to have a pride parade, and you're not going to ask the minister to start worshiping your sin and to praise sin and praise evil. No, and you're not going to have a pride of it. No, you're going to be ashamed. You're going to confess it, and you're not. We that's in our baptism vows, thousand-year-old liturgy, that you're going to turn from all sin. Okay, and that is not just talking about the Ten Commandments. Although that is a very good start, and I will just encourage everybody who's going to at least start with the Ten Commandments, keeping the Sabbath holy is a, is a great start. So we're going to have this wonderful liturgy enforced in our lives when we come to be any part of worship, okay? One of them is that confirmation vow, okay? that we will turn from all sin, and we do forsake all sin, and we don't want it, and we're going to take the new life of righteousness and holiness, as we read here. I'm going to read it again, verse 22, but now be made free from sin, and become servants to God. Yes, we are servants to God. That's what we've been made for. What a wonderful calling it is. He made the heavens and earth. He is the creator. He holds all things in his hand. And he's made, he does want every one of you to be like his sons and daughters, to be like a prince, to, to be on his throne, ruling and reigning with him in holiness. And he doesn't rule and reign with sin. He's going to want every single one of you who are watching and being called, who are going to turn from sin, to totally, 100%, 
be like his sons and daughters who are going to be heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We are his royal priesthood, his holy nation, called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's good news. And if we have that heart condition, if you see problems that people have, well, just go back again. Do they love God with all their heart? Have they surrendered it all to him? Have they given up their selfishness and pride? Those are all the demonic things. You know? It says perfect love casts out of all fear. That's what those are all irrational fears of the devil that people have that think, oh well, I'm not being selfish enough to my own self. And I'm not being this and I'm not that. Those are all lies. The best way and the most fulfilling and rewarding way to live is with Christ. Not in the destruction and death. He, as we read, the end of those things is death. It's destruction, okay, in some way. It's always going to be destruction. Whether it be in your relationships, whether it be in your physical health even. It could cause a, a destruction and death in your finances. It can cause destruction and death in many things. You look at all these evil people who are protesting Trump and so forth. They're doing things out of control that destroy their whole careers. They just come unglued and they think, because Trump is good, and they're doing something evil, and they do more evil things, that somehow now that's going to be okay. It doesn't work that way in the real world. It all leads to destruction and death. So we have our fruit now on the holiness, and the end, everlasting life. Holiness, again, is being set apart. Set apart from the world. Holy or apart from the world, praise God. Verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus the Christ our Lord. So we have that great victory. I pray everybody can join in and worship together with us. We're looking forward to having uh, more, uh, more volunteers be a part of getting this message out to others, that great victory that we have in Him. So, thank you. Till next week, Yahweh bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.